1: Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is your host, Sophia Renea Morales. And today I am here with Heather Dominic and we will be discussing how to manage overwhelm as a highly sensitive leader and entrepreneur. But before we get into that, I would love to invite you to get to know yourself a little bit better. Many of us walk through this world looking at everybody else and going, well, if only I had those leadership skills or only if I had that ability to be diplomatic or whatever the gift is that you're looking at. And a lot of times we shortchange ourselves because our gifts are so natural to us that it's just the water that we swim in. And I created this quiz to give you an idea of what your water is like. <laughs> so grab your pen, grab your piece of paper. You already know you're going to need those if you've listened to this show before. And go ahead and write down superpowerquiz.us. It will answer the what is my number one spiritual superpower question for you. So that's at superpowerquiz.us. And now I will do a quick introduction of our guest who's a returning guest. So some of you may recall that Heather Dominic is both a highly sensitive and highly successful person. For more than a decade, she has trained and mentored highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders so they're able to work less while making more, increasing both impact and income. Welcome, Heather. I'm so happy to have you here with us again.
2: Thank you so much, Sophia. So excited for our conversation today.
1: Yeah. And I I love looking at this, uh, what do I want to say? This relationship to time, right? Because in many ways, as an entrepreneur, it almost feels like time is the enemy in some ways. How do I clone myself? How do I make more of this? Uh, and when you're highly sensitive, that can be even more challenging than it is for the average person.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: why or maybe not why, but how, and perhaps why is it important for us to become friends with time?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you know, again, as you said, as highly sensitives, you know, we do tend to process the world differently. And that just all comes back to the nervous system being wired to take in stimulation at a much higher degree than someone who's not highly sensitive. So in some ways, it just kind of makes common sense that that would impact how we work with time um, as a tool, as a tool for productivity, as a, a tool to kind of help us mark phases through a project um, and often different types of ways of quote unquote managing time that work really well for someone who's not highly sensitive isn't really necessarily going to work So well, or as well for someone who is highly sensitive, what I find when it comes to shifting that relationship with time for us as highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders, it first and foremost really connects back to knowing yourself.
1: And being willing to dive into a a little bit of deep
2: inquiry around how you work best. And that can sound really simple, yet it tends to be a very profound process as you start Um, to kind of peel away the layers of what you should be doing.
1: Exactly. I I know for myself, having been in the business world for a long time, and you know developed developing some strategies before my spiritual awakening and then trying to apply those same strategies after my spiritual awakening it's it's the landscape's not the same anymore if that makes sense
2: absolutely that's a beautiful way of saying it for sure
1: yeah so what are some of the things that you suggest to the highly sensitive person perhaps who's recently become more sensitive or who's never quite cracked the code on that um, how do you take some of this more traditional stuff like time blocking, for example, this is one of the things that I have attempted to use in my post awakening life uh, that doesn't work out as well as I would like it to I'll give you an for example, sure. which is um, i I'm a morning person, generally speaking. But I've also developed this struggle with insomnia and trying to get enough sleep. And so there are some mornings where it's like, you know what, it's going to be more valuable to me in some ways to sleep than to get this time block in. But then I don't have any place else in my day to move it to because I've got appointments and all the other things. Mm-hmm. What, what do you recommend if we're facing a struggle like that? Well, that's a
2: great example, right? Because just even that... Moment of prioritizing that sleep is a top priority. Um, and that just makes sense for our health, for our well being, but then also for your productivity. And so from there, it would be not just about taking that block of time and moving it somewhere else, but also looking at the factor of what it means or what you're able to create. With a good night's sleep versus what you would be able to create without a good night's sleep. And so then that block of time has the ability to be adjusted like an accordion. And what you may have anticipated would be the amount of time needed um, by prioritizing sleep knowing things about yourself in terms of how you work best, mornings, et cetera, then you can actually look at shifting what you believe is going to be the amount of time needed for that task and engage in a process that starts to change the actual way of working with that time in order to complete that task, meaning very often less time needed than originally anticipated.
1: Hmm, that's an interesting thought. The other thing that occurs to me as I'm listening to you <laughs> share this back to me because a lot of times that opens up like headspace, uh, I may need to be more real about what I put into my morning. In other words, maybe I don't have appointments with other people in the morning period. Mm-hmm.
2: That's another beautiful example, absolutely. I do not have appointments with people in the morning.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And there you have it.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. That's one of the things that I've learned about myself. It's absolutely one of the ways that I I have shifted my relationship with time and the way that I work with my schedule. That's been for years now um, and absolutely radicalized everything in terms of like my own energy, what I'm able to get done in a day, um, where I choose to place various tasks, including appointments with people, beautiful example.
1: So let's talk about some of these normal productivity hacks and why many of them are less than appropriate when we as sensitive people try and bring them into our lives. Mm. Yes.
2: Uh, Is there a particular one that you have in
1: mind? Well, the one that popped into my head, right? And I I hear this a lot from guys. I think more than women is this whole, well, I buy seven of the same outfit and I wear the same shit every day because that's one less uh, decision point in my day. It reserves my decision points for more important things. Okay. (laughs) Let's start there. How about that one? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. Uh, it's so interesting because the first thing that I think of when I hear that uh, hear that kind of, I guess, you know, hack is, oh, well, there's a lot of highly sensitive who are actually really energized by beauty. Yes. So the process of like choosing what one is going to wear is such a valuable or important part and start of the day. Because it again, it really is an energizing experience. So it sets the energy and then therefore actually has a positive impact on how one feels, how one is going to approach tasks, how then tasks actually are able to get done again in a different way. So, yeah, so interesting. That's the again, the first thing that dropped in for me with hearing that particular quote unquote, hack. And again, a great example of something that's going to work for those who are not highly sensitive, won't necessarily work for someone who is.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because I think about wearing that same outfit, you know, seven days in a row, let alone week upon week upon week. And it's like, oh my God. Right. Just
2: shoot (laughs) shoot me now. Like, Yeah. Like exactly. Who wants, to, who wants to do anything, you know? Yeah. So, yeah.
1: One of the one of the things that I've done around that kind of decision fatigue, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of reduce the impact of it on what should I say my productive part of my day,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I choose my what I'm going to wear the night before and just have it sitting there. Mm, So I look at my calendar, what's going on, how do I need to be dressed, make the choice, put it out. And that way, it doesn't matter if I roll out of bed early or roll out of bed late, the clothes are right there to step into.
2: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. That can be helpful as well. One of the key pieces of the highly sensitive leadership training programs is learning how to really proactively and effectively work with our highly sensitive strength of intuition. And when you really learn how to deliberately use intuition, then that also really changes the relationship with time and whether that is something such as what one is going to wear for the day to, you know, um, you know, significant investment decisions and everything in between as, you know, part of being an entrepreneur and a leader. So that's also an example of how time suddenly becomes very, very different um, when you're really engaging your intuition.
1: Hmm. Give me an example of how that might show up for someone.
2: So one of the approaches that I teach in the leadership training program is what I refer to as intuitive planning. So as a Business Miracles community of highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders, every four months, um, we dedicate a day to dive into creating a four-month intuitive plan. And that intuitive plan is... um, basically like divided into four different areas and then you're working with that intuitive plan on a weekly basis so you're intentionally and again deliberately engaging your intuition of what is going to be created what's going to be accomplished for the week That could be anything from how you're going to effectively be working with a specific team member to something that you're doing for your own emotional self-care. And there, then the intuition is set to support ahead versus, oh, this is something that just kind of happens to me.
1: The the reactionary stance. Yeah. Right. Right. So, how is intuitive planning different from like sitting down and making a quarterly strategic plan?
2: <laughs> it's so different.
1: Um, so the the
2: work came out of just something that I did personally for myself, and then eventually was led to share it with the members of the Business Miracles community. The support or evidence that I found that really most effectively. Backs this process is the research that comes out of the heart math Institute. Uh-huh. And a lot of the work out of the heart math Institute um, has proven research of how the heart as its own brain center is actually ahead of the physical head brain and The heart as a brain center is what directly connects to our intuitive ability. So that right there is, again, how it's very different, right? So strategic quarterly planning and how it's traditionally taught, especially for those who are not highly sensitive, tends to call on only the intellect strategy aspect of the head brain where intuitive planning is really calling on that heart brain to lead. Um, And because we are highly sensitive, so our nervous system is, is available to have a greater level of access to intuition when you're using it deliberately. When I say it, when you're using the heart brain deliberately in connection to what is meant to be created in a four-month period, the heart is going to lead you. It is going to show you. It's often going to guide you either in a different direction or a bit further or a bit deeper than if only from the head brain center.
1: Okay, excellent. We are up on our first break already, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to seed a little question that you will answer when we come back, and that is... Uh, a lot of times when you're raised, you will get this, this message that, well, your heart might lead you astray. And so I want to hear your response to that when we come back from the break. Uh, for those of you who are joining us today, grab your pen, grab your piece of paper. And uh, let's see, what should their homework be over the break? What do you think, Heather? That's
2: a great question that you just posed you know, what comes to mind when you hear that question, your heart will lead you astray.
1: Oh, I like that. So hang with us. We'll be right back from the break.
0: voice america at facebook.com forward slash voice america for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts
1: hey beautiful soul Sophia and Morales here i've been doing sovereign self for over a year now and i would like to hear from you tell me what you want to hear in coming shows go to tell Sophia. that's t-e-l-l-z-o-f-i-a.com drop me a quick note and let me know how has this show supported you where should we go next, or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much, and live soul first.
0: Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you.
1: Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am still here with the amazing and wonderful Heather Dominic. And before the break, I had posed the question uh, around intuitive planning and heart math and leading with that heart. But what if your heart will lead you astray? Because sometimes you hear that when you're growing up.
2: Yeah, for sure it's one of those phrases that I kind of associate with like last century, right? Yeah. And, um, and especially as being highly sensitive entrepreneurs and highly sensitive leaders, like we, we really are the pioneers of this new century and doing things differently. According to, again, the heart math Institute, your heart will always lead you exactly where you're meant to be. It, The research actually shows that the heart will know a piece of information, for example, even before the head brain has registered it. What tends to happen is that the limbic will kick in regarding fear, regarding distrust, regarding doubt around the unknown and then try to counteract or shut down the heart so when i hear a phrase like the heart will lead you astray um, what i hear is more from like a fear mentality uh, which is don't do anything too risky
1: yes (laughs) <laughs> when you actually learn to listen
2: to your heart, to follow your heart, and that you can trust your heart, um, which is, you know, just what I've been blessed to see for myself, but over and over again, also for members of the Business Miracles community, is it will lead you to some amazing places. Um, and usually that much more quickly and easily than your, you know, your head brain or your intellect will tell you is possible.
1: Uh, isn't that the truth? Oh, my goodness. So let me ask you something. And this is maybe going back to first principles on this, and we kind of skipped over it. But to, even the title of, of this show, you know, overcoming overwhelm for highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders, is it is it an oxymoron? To be a highly sensitive leader because many of us struggle with things that would seem to make that not very possible. It's hard to be in a a large group of people. You know, it's, I have trouble telling people no sometimes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's really
2: not an oxymoron, yet, it is an absolute training process, a retraining process, which is why the work that I do is about the highly sensitive leadership training programs. Um, the book that I published at the end of 2022, which is titled Different, The Highly Sensitive Leadership Revolution, really speaks to that process of being able to to shift beyond the coping with what it means to be highly sensitive and to be able to access that space of highly sensitive strengths and utilize those strengths intentionally to allow for less effort in all that you do, then, therefore, more impact in all that you do, and then, therefore, more income from all that you do. And being in that space of the strengths does afford you, does avail you, the ability to lead um, yourself, your family, your relationships, and or um, you know beyond, if that's something that you choose. In a way that is in service to as a result of those strengths, so that it just feels not only supportive, but I'm going to say like on purpose,
1: mm-hmm. right? Like
2: why you were brought here as a highly sensitive, um, you know, or as Dr. Elaine Aaron refers to us as the royal advisors it gives you access and empowered access to that space. And that's where you're living from. It's where you're working from. It's where you're creating from. And, and then, then we're not, we're no longer that oxymoron, but we're, we're in that empowered place of leadership.
1: Yeah. I love that you mentioned that Royal advisor. I don't know if I've taken her quiz. I'm very bad with, with names sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um but I remember getting that back as a result on, on some assessment I had taken, mm-hmm. that uh, I'm, I'm kind of that royal advisor, almost that power behind the throne sort of situation.
2: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, and again, you know, in order to really fulfill that, it does require a, a retraining in how you work with your nervous system, um, just going back to the previous segment so that it's less of reactive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is where many highly sensitives operate from, you know, before or having not gone through something like my leadership training program to then be able to shift shift into a place where you're proactive.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that's not at all unusual uh, in terms of like looking back on my upbringing, my mm-hmm. parents were not terrifically proactive about anything at all. Mm-hmm. Okay? They mm-hmm. lived their lives primarily from that reactive mode. Mm-hmm. And so there was a real learning that had to happen in my life when I met, mm-hmm. went into the business world. So I was not continually in that uh, putting out fires quadrant of activity.
2: Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I say that all the time. Like most of us were not taught right? We were not taught as highly sensitives, whether from family or whether from, you know, educational um, institutions, we weren't taught like how to go about really working with ourselves um, as people who are highly sensitive. You know, yeah, I just, you know, see so frequently that when a highly sensitive does choose this path of empowerment and does say like, okay, like I really want to be in a space where I don't feel like I'm constantly like behind the eight ball, right? Or like I'm constantly like, you know, reacting or having to like recover. Uh, I want to be in that space where I can really like share these gifts that I've been given. Like I can really make a difference for people and not have it feel like it's, you know, just running my insides raw, When a highly sensitive is in that place and they're really able to dive into that training process, then everything, everything truly just, you know, chips really becomes different.
1: So give us a little bit of hope. If we've been in this reactive mode for a while, we're running around, we're putting out fires, we feel exhausted and scattered a million different directions. Mm -hmm. As a highly sensitive, how do you start to... Manage that overwhelm, start to wrangle some of these runaway trains.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, you know, first, when I speak about highly sensitive overwhelm, I always emphasize that it's beyond the modern day long to-do list overwhelm, right? Yeah. For us as highly sensitives, it really is a physiological response. Yes, And yeah, there's actually really good news in there. Okay,
1: do tell. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, which is that there we have tons of things that that are happening physically for us all the time that we're able to make shifts and changes with, right? Like you can impact your digestive system, for example, um, by changing what you eat. Right. Um, You can, you know, shift your reproductive system um, by, you know, taking on different types of, um, you know, modalities um, and from Western and or Eastern approach. And the same goes for your nervous system. It is absolutely within your power to work with the instrument that you've been given. Again, most of us just weren't really taught how. So that's really where we want to start first is just like, oh, okay, I can change my belief about how this is something that I can have an impact on for myself. It will be a process, the same way that changing your digestive system is a process, it will be a process but it's not impossible. And that's really where you, you, you know, you must begin um, if you're insistent um, uh, regarding the belief that it isn't possible and that you don't have any role to play, um, then it's all going to be that much more challenging if not actually Quite difficult, if not actually impossible. So you well, have to be yeah. to enter into the beliefs.
1: Because who was it said it? Henry Ford, I think it was. Whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right.
2: Right, for sure. Yes, I think that was Henry <laughs> Ford.
1: Yeah. I got one. I got one. Yeah. I remembered <laughs> <heard> one. <laughs> so here's, I guess, the what do I wanna say? The insight that I would give someone who's in this overwhelm moment, right? Because a lot of times you'll hear something like that and it's like, okay, great. Now I've gotta take my diet on as well as something else. Um, I like to look when I'm in overwhelm for things that are points of leverage for me. If I take care of this thing, is it going to give me more bandwidth, more time or more energy? And so I look for those as ways out of that overwhelm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I would suggest if you're in an overwhelmed place and you're like, oh my God, diet is just one more thing. Diet can be a really strong leverage point because, Mm -hmm. again, if you're not uptaking your nutrients properly, it means you're not getting the rest and recovery that you need to get up in the morning with enough gas in your tank to get yourself through the day. And Mm -hmm. so, improving your diet and your health is a huge place to create one of those leverage points to get you out of Mm -hmm. that overwhelm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, let's see here. What are, how, how to put it? What typically prevents us as highly sensitives from really stepping into the leadership role? Hold up a mirror for us.
2: Well, I'm going to go back to the belief, right? So the first would be the belief that you have the ability to lead. The second would be the definition of what it actually means to lead.
1: Okay, and so how do we work with the belief, and then what is a better definition?
2: Right. So, the definition and the belief are interchangeable, right? Like, um, like an infinity symbol. The, okay. That you know, ebb and flow of that. That one. One
1: feeds feet. into the other. Yes. One
2: feeds into the other. So, leadership. Um, first and foremost is is not only about power over. And I'm hesitating because I'm forgetting the name of who 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 introduced this theory of the the four powers of leadership. Um, so, As you're listening, go ahead and Google. Yes,
1: (laughs) and um, then you can put it in the comments. (laughs) It was
2: this. (laughs) Yeah. However, it's a very, very effective model, especially when it comes to that ability to believe as a highly sensitive that you are capable of leadership. The four powers, um, in short, are uh, power over, um, power with power to and power within. Mm. And I'm going to go back to last century, like last century definition and or experience of leadership tends to be that one power of power over. Yes. There's one person at the top who's the leader and they hold power over everyone below them. It is that top down model. Um, in brief, power with, power to, and power within is much more of a holistic approach to leadership. Power with, meaning a collaborative sharing of power within uh, as, as, a act of leadership. Um, power two is about empowering others to lead in their ways and power within is about leadership within yourself. And so much of what I teach in the highly sensitive leadership training programs is those other three quadrants after <laughs> that that old century quadrant so just that in itself again gives us access to that ebb and flow between belief and redefinition of leadership yeah. and i teach from the four powers especially starting with that power within highly sensitives tend to light up and it's like oh yeah like this really connects to a lot of what feels very natural to me. I didn't know yeah. that this was an option and I didn't know that there was actually specific ways that I can apply these powers of leadership within my business as an entrepreneur or just in general as a leader you know, of self, of life, right. um, of team,
1: et cetera. And this is also one of these like looking in the mirror kind of moments because many People who are more versed in and shall we say, differently sensitive than <laughs> than yeah. us, um, who are in that power over position, a lot of times don't have the same relationship and connection and aspect of like that power within. Oh
2: my gosh! Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. And and what is based in this theory is is actually literally it's like the dichotomy, right? Like power over is very fear-based. It's very scarcity based, um, which could not be more different than say that power within or power to or power with. Um, so it's literally like, Oh, it's not like I even have to try to embody all four. I have to try to make myself, or if I do enough power within, then I'll be able to do, it's like, no, you can actually just let that one go.
1: Not helpful. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, and sometimes one will lead into another. I know in my own career in corporate, um, I started more from a power within sort of a situation and it gradually evolved into power with like the, those dotted line influence relationships, and you can get a lot done with those dotted lines. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I mean, power to and power with is, you know, how I operate the Business Miracles team. I have for years. Um, it's a very collaborative experience really calls upon the individual strengths of each and every member of the team. Um, and it's a really fulfilling and rewarding experience. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, leave me feeling drained or, um, like there's a lot yeah. of pressure on me. So it's literally again, dichotomy, the exact opposite.
1: I love that. So we're up on our second break already. Mm -hmm. And I would like to invite you to take that pen and paper and spend a few minutes around the four powers, the power over, power with power to and power within, and spend some time acknowledging which of these you operate from the most. And how many of these do you operate from? Because sometimes we operate from more than one. And hang with us. We'll be right back from the break.
0: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today.
1: Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827. And let me know, how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you, and go out and live soul first.
0: Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio.
1: Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renee Morales, and I'm still here with Heather Dominic. And before the break, we were discussing, you know, what is leadership? What is the belief and the definition of that? Because one feeds into the other. And we had gotten into power over versus power with power to and power within. So now that we understand more about how we have been exercising power within our lives, because we all do to a greater or lesser extent, Mm-hmm. Um, where do we go with that? How do we inform our definition of leadership from that?
2: Uh, could you rephrase the question? It uh, just okay. So
1: now that I've, I've looked at, okay, I've, I'm one of these people. I have a lot of power within that I've developed. I I've see. got some, some power with and power to that's playing in my life, maybe within my family or within, uh, some of my business relationships. How, now that we know this about ourselves, how do we use that to reform our definition of leadership as a highly sensitive person?
2: Yes, beautiful. So, I um, thank you for rephrasing the question. And what I actually love about this is it really does directly connect to what you want to be creating. And so, it goes back to our previous conversation around productivity and you can beginning. You can begin to look at those four leadership powers, and even asking the question of, "Oh, like which approach will support me in being able to be more productive in fill in the blank?" Right, like with this project or um, with this particular team and support. And or this particular goal within your business. And that's a really beautiful, practical way that you can be directly applying those four leadership powers, um, specifically in kind of more of the nitty gritty of the day to day
1: yeah i i find it interesting the four different kinds of power because i can remember being in corporate and thinking well if only i had the positional power the power over it'd be so much easier to get things done because you could just tell people go do this Um, but as i've gone farther into my life uh, and my career i've noticed that power over isn't everything that it's cracked up to be no and and a lot of times moving into more of a power with a power to kind of mode actually helps to build that team camaraderie more it helps to build more autonomy within the team So I don't have to be the one sitting there with all the answers. Exactly. (laughs) I I can hire an A player who knows more than I do, and I can give them a vision and let them go run.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely. You know, so much of what we talk about in the leadership training program is less effort. Right. And so it's a great example that you just spoke to. Like, it might seem like power over would actually be easier, um, but it takes a lot and especially as a highly sensitive to take on that belief that you have to control it all. Um, when you're really engaging that power with or that power to, definitely that power within. Um, there's a releasing, there's a surrender, there's then therefore an ability to access. Uh, creative solutions. Again, we go back to shifting that relationship with time. Um, And, you know, sometimes that's about like sharing the load, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So speaking of people who like to be in control, and, and who tend to micromanage, I I know this is a coping strategy that many of us have. Um, What what is our coping strategies good, I guess, is really my question. (laughs) <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's
2: a great question. I mean, a big uh significant teaching uh, that I share is around the, the highly sensitive coping cycle and the highly sensitive coping mechanisms. Um, we tend to fall into one of three categories when it comes to highly sensitives, either the coping mechanism of pushing, the coping mechanism of hiding the coping mechanism of combo plattering, which is really a combination uh, back and forth between that pushing and hiding. And what I always like to say about the coping mechanisms is that they're not good or bad. They most likely have gotten you to where you are today. Yeah. It really helped you and support you. Being able to survive in a world that tends to not be designed For those of us who are highly sensitive, however, as a highly sensitive who desires to enter into that success space of entrepreneurship or just that overall success space of life leadership, then it's about shifting from coping into creating. And then we're just back to retraining in terms of how you use the nervous system.
1: Very nice, very nice. I, I like that that take on coping because I we never do anything that's, what I wanna say, completely pointless or fully harmful to ourselves. There's always mm-hmm. a reason that we're doing whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And it always serves a purpose at least the first time around, right?
2: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And then it's just a matter of like, oh, like is this some place that I want to stay?
1: Yeah. Right? Is, this is this a behavior that I want to repeat? Yeah.
2: Right. And, and has this behavior helped me to get what it is that I say that I want?
1: Mm. And
2: if it hasn't, then it's about shifting the behavior. Yes.
1: Yeah, so let's find something a little different that hopefully does provide that result that we're looking for gets us somewhere closer to it
2: right. Exactly. Or getting clear of like, wow, you know what? I actually don't really want that thing that I've been saying that I want. Um, I'm not willing to change the behavior. Um, And I realized like, you know what? I've only been doing that because I thought that I had to, or that I should have to. And that's really valuable too.
1: That's hugely valuable. And I love the, the stepping back and looking at the goal, is the goal even something I still want to pursue, right? Because many times we're given our goals very young in life by someone outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And there does come a moment where you need to step back and look at it and go, really? Is that traditional definition of success what I really want? Or do I want to throw that out and rewrite it to something that feels better and more aligned for me?
2: Yes, exactly. Exactly. So that's, you know, so much of, um, you know, an aspect, again, of the leadership training programs is just getting clear on like, what is business success for you? Um, I have a, a teaching that I refer to as the good enough business, and there's,
1: <laughs> a, there's it's a, there's made little, for those perfectionists like me, yeah, yes. right? It's like,
2: well, you know, gosh, I've never even really thought about that. There's just so much of this kind of you know, dominant message in the zeitgeist, like, oh, if you don't have this much income or that much income and that means you're not successful and that's that's not necessarily true it's it's really different for for each and every person so again it's like okay well well what do i want to be experiencing right like how do i want to feel on a day to day basis what are the results that i want to you know have the the benefit to be rewarded by and how I'm behaving, is that going to get me there? Or is there something that needs to change? And then, and all just again, becomes a lot easier when you're willing to break it down in that way.
1: Exactly. Well, and I've found, interestingly enough, when I can release things like my mother's definition of what success should look like, (laughs) which is a common one that we will haul around with ourselves. Absolutely. when i can release that and go okay that's not my definition of success my definition of success is helping x many people it's you know being healthy and balanced in my life feeling good in my body having a close relationship with my husband these sorts of things i find when i lean into the things that are really important to me some of that other stuff still follows when you say other, stuff. other stuff. Okay. So mom's definition of success is you've got mm-hmm. this high powered position and you've got the money and the cars and, you know, mm-hmm. all the fancy keeping up with the Joneses kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that none of that will ever show up in your life. It just means when you're in alignment, it may show up in a different form and on a different schedule. And so oh, wait, it doesn't do mean always like mean
2: end results. Is that what you yeah, mean? Like
1: end results. Account? Yeah. And yeah. so you may end up with a fat bank account, even though you weren't aiming for that. Yes. Actually, yeah. probably
2: you're more likely to.
1: <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know that was like a big
2: shift for me. It's a great example. You know, when I took my focus off of just the dollar amount as kind of like the the measure measure. Yeah. No. thank you. And really just shifted it to like the people that I'm serving. Um, th- that just was a, a different mindset for me. And it just opened things up and just, again, back to allowing change within relationship with time, um, being able to be more productive, uh, more creative solutions, you know, having just a, a better experience and then, you know, and then being able to have the reward of that bank account that allows me to continue to do the work that i love to do
1: so yeah yeah that's beautiful mm-hmm. so i know you brought a gift with you today mm-hmm. would you like to share with us a bit about what the gift is for sure i mean
2: we've been talking about coping so um, one of the tools that i've created is about that hse coping cycle and the coping mechanisms um, I've created an assessment that helps you determine and get clear, like, oh, do I tend towards more of pushing, hiding, or combo plattering, and then how to actually work with it once you've got that determined. So it's what we refer to as the HSE starter kit, and that's where you can find it at www.hsestarterkit.com. And you'll find the assessment, you'll find a recording of a training of my teaching how to work with the coping mechanisms, um, also a transcript, um, and then some supportive tools to start to change the way that you work with that coping tendency, if that is something that you desire. So all of that is at startup.com hcstarterkit.com
1: well and we'll have that in the show liner notes as well so if you didn't catch that not to worry just check the liner notes for that link as well as contact information for heather if you would like to get in closer contact with her and uh explore you know what she has available to assist you on your highly sensitive leadership evolution
2: (laughs) Gorgeous, beautiful
1: So we've got a couple of minutes left. What would be your parting words of wisdom to the highly sensitive who's, who's aspiring to, to grow more into a leadership or entrepreneurship role in their life?
2: Pay attention, right? Listen to your heart. If you have that desire, if you have that tug, that is something that you want, um, pay attention know that it's possible um, you don't need to do it alone there are others who have done it and are doing it ahead of you alongside with you and you really can do things differently um, and and have a beautiful experience as you fulfill the purpose that you've been brought here to fulfill.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can do things differently and have them work out as well or better.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Most likely better, for sure.
1: Absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for joining me here today, Heather. It's it's been such a pleasure and such a timely conversation because I've been in this mode of like, "Ah, the pile of hats has gotten large again all of a sudden. (laughs) Well,
2: so appreciate the connection and conversation. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. And thank you to you, my listener. I I do this for you. Yeah. I want everyone out there who's on a path to know that someone has walked, if not your path, something very similar, something very parallel. And to know that There is help available for people who understand exactly what you're going through, the things you're struggling with. And so I would love to hear from you. Has this show been helpful? Are there other topics you'd like to see me take on or specific people you'd like to see me talk to? Shoot me a quick email to AskZofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A, at transformationspace.co. And until next week, go out and live soul first.
0: Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Please join host Zofia Renea Morales again next week right here.